maybe I've told you before, um, but uh, about the guy who, who stopped at a gas station, as he's filling up his tank, he looked across the street, and, uh, and there were these, he, he was watching something kind of unfold. There was this guy, and uh, he was on the other side of the street, and in the median there, or in the, the, the little uh, apron between the, uh, the, the sidewalk and the street, uh, he was digging a hole. And, and he dug about two or three foot hole, and then he just left it there, and he moved on down about six feet. And, uh, but then there was another guy, that, that came along and he had a shovel and this guy's filling his tank across the street and he's watching this guy comes and he gets all the dirt and fills the hole back in while at the same time the other guy is on down here digging another hole and as he gets done he moves on about six or eight feet down and this guy goes and uh, and, and fills in that hole and they they literally proceeded right in front of this guy while he's filling his tank, uh, dig a hole, fill in the hole, dig a hole, fill in the hole, dig a hole, fill in the hole. Finally, this guy couldn't stand it anymore, and he, he walked across the street, and he said, what's, the, what's going on here, guys? He says, uh, I've been standing here watching. You start at one end of the street. You're going all the way down the street, and, and dig a hole, and you fill in the hole, and you dig a hole, and, and you fill in the hole. You dig a hole, and, and you fill, fill in the hole, and, and you both seem okay with it. I mean, I mean, this is just what you're doing today. I, I don't get it. And the first guy uh, leaning on his shovel and he says, well, uh, usually there's three of us and um, it, it's me and, and Sam and Jesse here and, and uh, I dig the hole and Sam sticks the tree in the hole and then Jesse fills in the hole and just because, just because Sam's sick doesn't mean me and Jesse can't work. It's kind of a stupid story. I was hoping it'd be a funny story. It sounds like it's kind of a chuckling story, but... Uh, Obviously, nothing is getting accomplished in that, right? You dig a hole. Actually, they would have accomplished more by staying home. Instead, now they've dug up the uh, the, the tree lawn there uh, and haven't accomplished anything except that. So they're just basically they're walking through the motions without uh, without really knowing why they were doing what they were doing, right? Uh, they, they, they didn't really have an understanding of what they were supposed to be accomplishing. And, and I think at times, uh, church world can feel like that a little bit. Uh, we, we walk through the motions of doing what we have always done, uh, without really thinking about why we're doing it or what we're accomplishing. And, and so we, we, uh, go to church on Sunday morning because we always go to church on Sunday morning. We plan church for Sunday morning because that's what we've always done. And we, maybe we have a, a, a Bible study or, or, uh, or maybe there's a, a group where we have kids activities and we got to keep those, those, uh, those teenagers, uh, pesky teenagers happy. And so we, yeah, whatever. We, we, around, around Around churches, we tend to, uh, to, to a lot of times fall into doing what we've always done just because we've always done it and not really have a crystal clear idea of the purpose of why we're doing what we're doing. Um, we even ask people to give their hard-earned money to support what we've always done the way we've always done it. And anyway, we're, uh, what are we really doing, I, I guess? Around here, we've been asking, I've been telling you, uh, that, that we've been asking, uh, some of those questions and, and, uh, we've come up with, uh, with a sentence to boil it down. I hope you're starting to, uh, to, uh, uh, internalize this or know about it. Go ahead and put that up there, David. We live to love people to life. Um, I, I, I'm not going to be the only one to say this, so I'm going to start making you say it. So let's say it together. We live to love people to life. Okay, you got to say it. Uh, shake, shake it out a little bit here. It's all right. We live to love people to life. Now turn to somebody next to you and say, I live to love people to life. Go ahead, do it. 
You didn't mean it. Try it again. I live to love people to life. If you're not sitting next to somebody, you're going to have to find people to love to life because you're all alone, I guess, in this world. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Dave. Um, But uh, just kidding. We live to love people to life. We're, we're continuing to unpack what that means. And, and, and I mean, there's really a lot there if we, if we think about it. And I want us to just walk through it just, just real quick this morning. First, there's we, meaning uh, uh, all of us together and each of us individually. So I, I said you say, I had you say we live, but it's also I live. So, so each of us are living to love people to life. But then it's a we corporately together, the church, uh, living uh, to love people to life. Live it means this is what gets us out of bed in the morning. It's, it's more than just, oh, the preacher's got another wild hair. I guess we're going to let him do his thing. Um, it's, it's each of us, uh, we live. This is what gets us out of bed in the morning. This is why we're, this is what we're doing. We, we're living. This is, this is, this is purpose. This is, this is direction. This is, this is meaning. Uh, love people. What, so there's a relational aspect to this, right? It's, it's, this isn't just, uh, make people. Uh, this is love people. Uh, the, there's, there's relationships. Not only relationships here, obviously, we have relationships with inside the church, but this is also, uh, and, and maybe even more so, relationships outside the church. Uh, uh, as we're as we're reaching out to other people and building relationships, so that we can uh, introduce them to or help them to thrive in this abundant life. The last word there is life. This life, more and better life than we've ever dreamed of. Like uh, like I uh, talked about a little bit last week. As we follow Jesus, He leads us to places of abundance, to the best life. Possible. So, so uh, just to maybe summarize it a little bit, we live to love people to life. We're doing all that we can to build deep relationships with people so they can build deep relationships with God. We are doing all that we can. The, 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 one of the, if not the primary reason we're getting out of bed in the morning is to, uh, to build relationships with people so they can build and deepen their relationship with God. We're having a spiritual influence uh, in the lives of other people. We live to love people to life. Now, that, that gets me excited. Uh, you're kind of still sitting there, so maybe it doesn't get you as excited. So I've got my work cut out for me, but, um, uh, <laughs> It gets me more excited than, got to go to church this morning, right? Got to dig a hole and let Sam fill it in, right? Uh, it's, it's uh, no, Jesse filled, Sam was sick. Sorry, I've got that, mo- <laughs> forgot about that. Um, or or we, we go, oh, the church is having that thing. Oh, they do that every year. Uh, I guess I'll go. Or, oh, there's Sunday school class, and I've always gone to Sunday school. I better go to Sunday school. Or, oh, oh, it's group this week? Oh, well, um, okay, well, I guess so. It, it, it's not about the, the stuff that we do, the programming that takes place. It's about the purpose, why we're doing what we're doing. And those programs might change and shift and, and get rearranged all over the place because we're doing uh, whatever we can. We want to do whatever we can to fulfill our purpose. We live to love people to life. We want to build relationships with people so they can build a relationship with God. Uh, we, we are we are uh, uh, on this journey uh, individually and as a church. But uh, that's just the beginning, though. It's not just this tagline, and and we go, okay, we got a new tagline, great. That doesn't change my life. We've we've started to develop and and, and tried to develop, uh, trying to find out why 
we're doing, uh, why we're doing this and how we're going to do it and, and when we're successful in doing it and, and where that will lead us practically tomorrow or, or next week or, or in the next couple of months or within this next year. What does this look like? So, so there's this, uh, there's this little insert in your, in your bulletin this morning. You probably have all read it and memorized it by now. Uh, just kidding. But I would invite you to pull it out now because I want us to, uh, to, to look at it a little bit this morning. Um, with some of those basic details. So it, it, it has the, the, the mission statement there at the top, and then it talks about our values. That's, that's why we're doing what we're doing, because we value these certain things. Uh, it, it has the, the, at the bottom is the strategy. That's the how. How are we going to do what we're doing? In the middle there, it has the measures. Uh, how do we know when we're successful, when someone is uh, uh, showing that they are living this abundant life with God? What does that look like? Um, so everyone, uh, from our next membership class on, everyone who goes through, through that class and beyond will, will, uh, will spend a lot of time with this, understanding what that's all about. But since, uh, since, uh, I figured all of us need to know what this is all about, uh, we're gonna be, uh, looking at it, uh, uh, and, and looking at some of these things to understand and get on board. And it's gonna be more than what we can do even in a, in a sermon or in a month of sermons. And, and it's gonna be an ongoing process of letting this filter into our souls, so to speak, to become our purpose, the thing that gets us up in the morning. Uh, I, I mean, you're probably going to get sick of me talking about this stuff, but we can't slip into the mindset of we're just going to do what we're going to do whether Sam's sick today or not, right? We're, 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 we're in the process of, of, uh, of building relationships with people so they can build a relationship with God. And so, so you see there, we value uh, an intimate life with God. You can read uh, uh, some of these other details uh, underneath there. We value an investment in relationships. We value involvement in ministry, and we value indulging in laughter. If you've been around here at all, uh, uh, for any length of time at all, you know that we, we like to have a good time as we uh, do these things, and uh, and we, we truly... Uh, uh, feel that, uh, that that God has formed us, that's part of our personality of who we are around here. So uh, we're developing an intimate life with God, we're investing in relationships, we're involved in ministry, and, and we're having a great time while we do it. Um, our strategy at the bottom, uh, and, and again, if you've been here for any length of time, you've heard us talk about knowing, growing, and showing the love of God. Well, this kind of helps us get a little more uh, purposeful in that. Uh, how do we build relationships with other people and, and help them, how do we help them build a relationship with God? We want them to know God's love through worship and through spiritual disciplines. We want them to grow in God's love as we learn together in groups. We want to show God's love as we serve in ministry. So, so the process is that we'll spend time in a place like this and we'll encourage each of us, each of us to have personal spiritual disciplines. We also want everyone to not just spend time, this be the only place that you, uh, uh, have an encounter with church, but, but, uh, you need to spend time not just in rows, but in circles. And so we gather to study God's word together and, and that's part of the, the growing process. And then we also want to be involved in ministry. And, and as we do that, then we, uh, we, we, we come to the place of, of asking these questions, the measures. Well, how, and that's basically the evaluation. How am I doing at all of this? And, and these are questions that you could, uh, you could stick on your mirror at home or, uh, I'm thinking, uh, you know, tuck it in your Bible or your journal that you're gonna look at every day and, and you're asking your, they're self-evaluation questions. How am I, do- maybe they're, they're things that we're gonna be going over in our Sunday school classes or our, or our growth, our, our life groups of, of, of what, um, uh, how is God forming, uh, Himself, uh, in us? And so they're questions, have I met with God today? 
Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Do I see Jesus in the mirror? Who have I served today? Am I close to someone far from God? Those uh, five simple questions uh, uh, help us to uh, to evaluate uh, where we are in our relationship with God and if he is uh, forming and, and taking us down there. Now, now just uh, a little caveat, I guess. This is assuming that and the, the, the first and biggest step has already been taken. Last week, I, I, I preached to you about the good shepherd and, and the, the good shepherd that laid down his, lays down his life for the sheep. And he provides the best life possible. But we have a decision to make, right? Whether we're going to decide to follow that shepherd. So this assumes that we've decided, uh, we've, we've uh, helped someone, we've walked through the process to help them decide that they're going to follow that good shepherd. They're going to allow him to, uh, to, to come into their lives. They've started a relationship with, with God. They've, they've, uh, uh, been forgiven of their sins as they've repented and they've asked, uh, asked God to, to lead and guide their life. And, and so that process is, has begun. Now, how do we proceed on that process? These five questions, these measures help us to evaluate where we're at. And, uh, on that, on that track, so to speak. And so today, and over the, over this month, we're gonna be looking at those five questions. Today, I wanna actually kinda put the first uh, two into, uh, into one, uh, because they, they kinda feed off of each other. Have I met with God today? And am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Those are, those are big questions. Uh, these, these questions could be things that we just ask, oh yeah, and we move on. Or we could spend some time and, am I really obeying God in everything? Do I really trust Him in every, am, am I to that point? They're good relationship questions. Both of these are all about relationship. And in order to unpack what those are all about, I want us to dive into an analogy. Last week we talked about the sheep and the shepherd, and Jesus used that analogy. This week it's another word picture about a vine and a vineyard, and it's in John chapter 15. We'll read the first eight verses together. I am the true vine, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." So Jesus is using this word picture of, of, uh, of a, a gardener with a, with a vineyard and there's vines and grapes and, and uh, everyone, as, as Jesus, Jesus is actually in the upper room speaking to his disciples uh, and teaching them on that night before he was, uh, he was uh, betrayed and crucified. And so he, each one of those disciples would have known crystal clear. They would have had some experience with uh, vines and branches. They would have known this. And, and a lot of you have, uh, have probably more than shepherds and sheep uh, this, this one maybe rings home a little bit more for us even today. Uh, maybe you have a garden. Some of you enjoy gardening, right? Um, maybe you're, you can't wait to get that garden in, and when the snow was flying this morning, you thought, 
Well, okay, maybe I'll wait another couple months and then put the garden in. Um, I, I'll just add, what, what's the point of a garden? What are, you, what are you doing when you put a garden in? What's the point? What are you trying to accomplish? Anybody? Grow something? That's good, good. Anybody else? Hmm? Provide for your family, okay. Anyone else? All right. What are you providing? What are you growing? Flowers, okay. I'm not going to eat flowers or provide. Uh, no, it, you're, you're, you're bringing beauty by providing flowers. Or maybe you're growing, veg, uh, it's a vegetable garden. You're going to evaluate that garden based on whether you get vegetables, right? It, maybe you've got fruit trees. And so you're going to evaluate uh, how that, we, we've got one. <laughs> uh, many of you know that uh, several years ago we, uh, uh, we, we moved and uh, the, the former owners who happened to be uh, Dave and Karen Walder had been... Uh, lovely enough to have planted some fruit trees in the back. And every year I looked at those fruit trees and thought, boy, it'd be nice to get some fruit off those trees. Wonder what I'm doing wrong. And um, just last year, we had apples growing on those trees. Um, most of them were gross little dorky apples. There was one awesome apple, Dave. I don't know if I told you this. And I watched it as it grew. And it just got bigger and bigger. And I'm watching and I'm mowing, you know... Not yet. We'll let it keep going. Not yet. We're going to, yeah, there's scrubby ones up there, but I'm this one. And so finally it was time, and I picked the apple. And I turned it around, and there's a big old nasty on the back of it. So I cut that part off, and I ate it, and it was a great, great, great apple. And this year I'm anticipating even more. But I'm not, the, I'm not a great fruit tree grower, I don't think. We'll see. I'll have to uh, figure that out. And those of you that have that, you're going to... Let me know at the door what uh, what I'm doing wrong. Um, but uh, those of you with with um, with gardens or or whatever, the whole point is is getting fruit from that, right? Getting if you plant flowers, you want those flowers to to bloom and 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 grow and and be beautiful. Or you're planting uh, vegetables, you want awesome, amazing, wonderful vegetables, and and uh, not just for you and for your family, but many of you have bumper crops and you you share them with other people, and it's a it's a great great thing to be able to produce the uh, the, the 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 fruit or the vegetables that you're that you're trying to. Uh, I, I mean. If, if you have, if you put in the garden, but then you have sickly vegetables or, or no fruit, then it just becomes like sports in Cleveland. <laughs> Better luck next year, right? That's just how it goes. You know, the, the draft is coming up. I think it's really just, it's got to be the year. I'm just kidding. This isn't a football sermon. It's a garden sermon. Uh, the... The harvest uh, is, is emphasized, that the, the production of fruit is emphasized over and over again here in, in John 15. The bottom line that, uh, that, uh, that, that spells out success here is one simple word. Jesus says it's fruit. Uh, fruit is the, uh, is the important thing. Seven times in these eight verses, Jesus mentions the word fruit. Um, it's all about the fruit. If there's no fruit, if there's no produce, then there's no reason to go to the hard work of putting in the garden in the first place. It's all about what it's going to produce. So in this garden that Jesus is describing, the garden of the kingdom of God, Jesus describes uh, three main players. There's the gardener, who is the father. There is Jesus, who is uh, the vine. And then there's us, the branches. 
the father is the gardener, and, and actually, uh, although our, our attention is drawn to the vine and the branches uh, more than the, uh, the gardener, the gardener is actually the one that, that does most of the work here. I, I don't know if you've noticed that in this passage. It's the gardener who owns the vineyard. He owns the vine and the branches that are on the vine. He planted the vine and he's lovingly watched uh, the, the branches grow and he has a vested interest in, in their health and well-being. The gardener owns the vineyard. The gardener uh, is also tending the, the, the vine and the branches. He, he notices and gets rid of any branch that's not productive. He's watching. He's looking for fruit. He's doing whatever he needs to do for that plant to produce. The gardener even prunes productive branches to make them even more productive. He's, he's tending that, uh, that, that, that garden and that vine. He gets rid of anything that might divert nutrients away from producing fruit. It's, it's the gardener also then who will receive praise when fruit is produced. Just like when your garden does well and people, uh, people rave about the, uh, the vegetables that you might have. Uh, it makes you look good, right? And verse 8 says that, that fruit-bearing branches make God, the gardener, look good. It brings him praise. So God the Father, the gardener, is doing most of the work. The garden was his idea in the first place. Jesus is the vine. He's been planted by God. He's sent from heaven to grow branches and produce fruit for the kingdom of God. There's an amazing connection described here between the gardener and the vine. There's a, there's a love and a nurture and a tenderness expressed that, that reveals a close-knit relationship between God and his son, Jesus. He's the vine, the true vine, the vine that gives life. We are the branches. We're here to produce fruit. We already established that's, that's the point of the garden. If we're not fruitful, we get cut off and burned up. Boy, that's a lovely uh, thought there, Pastor, right? Uh, we're the branches. And it appears that, that our job, our number one goal in life is to make sure that we are producing good fruit. Uh, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't want to get burned up. <laughs> I don't want to get thrown out. Uh, so I better be producing fruit. Hold that thought. Uh, we'll come back to it in just a second. But before we go any further, I think we need to figure out what Jesus means by fruit. Because we've, I've, I've said it over and over again. Uh, what are we talking about? Because we're not talking apples, oranges, and tangerines, right? We're, we're, what, what, what are we talking about? Uh, some say that, that the fruit that Jesus has in mind here is the fruit of the Spirit. So later on in, in the New Testament, in the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to this church that he planted in, in a city called Galatia. And, uh, and he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and obviously it's the same word as uh, what Jesus used there for, uh, describing uh, fruit that we will develop on, on these branches uh, connected to the vine and, and all of that. And so it's a fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you know the, the, the list. Uh, it's, it's these godly character qualities that are developed in our lives as the Holy Spirit invades us and, and lives within us. He develops these things in us. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Uh, the, the amazing godly characteristics, it's fruit uh, that comes from the Holy Spirit living within us. And, and many people say that, that that's probably what Jesus was, was talking about here. We develop fruit. Uh, others say that uh, that the fruit uh, could certainly uh, be uh, winning other people over to faith in Christ, uh, evangelism, um, 
If we're producing fruit, that means that other people are coming to faith, uh, being connected to the vine because of our influence. We're having spiritual influence in their lives and they're connecting with God. Uh, Jesus uh, appeared to hint at that uh, elsewhere as he talks to his disciples and he says, he refers to the crowds as as a harvest field. And he says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are, are few. And, uh, and and he talks about uh, people coming into the kingdom of God and, and refers to them or uses the analogy of of a harvest. And and so so uh, they're, they're, they're ripe for harvest. So so, so many people say, well, that, that could certainly be what Jesus is talking about here when he talks about fruit. Other people have indicated that, that uh, well, that, that may be true, but, but isn't Jesus really talking about, if you boil it all down, isn't he talking about answered prayer? Um, in verse 7, it says the good branches can ask God for anything and, and get it. And, and so if, if a healthy branch can, can ask God for anything and get it, that's, uh, that's a, certainly a significant thing. And, uh, maybe it's when our prayers are answered and we, we see that God is, is, is doing amazing things in our lives and that's the fruit that is produced by a godly branch. I'm sure there are other interpretations that could be, uh, but, uh, those are kind of the, if you, if you read scholars on all these things, uh, then, uh, then those are kind of the three top, uh, uh, thoughts on it. And, and my question is, well, is fruit, what, which is it? Is it the fruit of the Spirit? Is it winning people to Christ? Is it answered prayer? Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, I believe all of these things and perhaps more things are involved in, uh, in, in fruit. Production. All of those things, when Jesus is talking about, I think a great definition is actually uh, found there in verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, catch this, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Fruit, I believe, is evidence in your life that shows that you are following Jesus. Evidence in your life that shows other people that you are following. It's obvious. Why is it obvious? Well, because uh, you have love and joy and peace and patience, kind and goods and faith, all, all the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. These, this godly character is just developing you and, in you, and, and people see that, and it's, it's amazing, and they're drawn to God. It shows that you are a disciple of Jesus. Uh, what, what is this? For, well, is it that it's because people are, are coming to faith in Christ because of you and, and your influence in their lives and the way that you're, the things that you're saying and the things that you're doing? and the way that you're serving and, and so other people are coming to faith uh, it, or maybe it's, it's because uh, when you pray things happen and uh, it's an amazing connection that, that, that takes place and people uh, start coming and saying will you pray for me for this or that or that because there is fruit developing in your life anything that identifies you as a disciple as a follower of Jesus that is, that is where, where I land anyway as I think about what fruit is can people see that you're following Jesus when they see what your life produces? Can people see that you are following Jesus when they encounter your life? Because fruit has an identifying characteristic. I'm, I'm not a horticulturalist. I can't hardly say the word even. But I can tell the difference between an orange and an apple. And if, I'm see, if I see an orange growing from a tree... I know that that is an orange tree, right? I think that's right, right? I guess with all the crossbreeding and all the stuff they do these days, maybe that's not always it. But uh, for the most part, I think it's true to say when you look at the fruit, you can identify the plant. A, 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 a zucchini grows on a zucchini plant and beans grow on a bean plant and, uh, and, and bananas grow on a banana tree. The, you, you identify the plant, uh, you identify the character of the plant based on the fruit that it produces. 
So an orange tree will not produce apples and an apple tree will not produce bananas because the fruit reveals the, the true identity of the plant. Uh, Jesus used that same analogy in, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, uh, beginning in verse 16. He says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from a thorn bush or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad, a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So, <laughs> I have to ask myself, you have to ask yourself, what fruit am I producing? Because your fruit reveals your true identity. Does your life show that you are a disciple of Jesus? So we could, uh, we could just say, get out there and start producing fruit. Work really hard at it. Try really hard. Uh, buckle down. Uh, do good. Uh, serve other people. Uh, I mean, the whole point of the, the garden, the whole point of the vine and the branches is fruit production. And you're the branches where the fruit is produced. So buckle down and get working and start producing fruit. Dog on it. But that's not quite how nature works, right? If you've ever done any planting, gardening, anything. Uh, and that's not the process for producing godly fruit either. Should have brought a branch in here. Those are fake, so that wouldn't be a very good analogy. There, there are two ends to a branch. And although the, the, the whole goal of a garden is fruit production, the end of the branch that produces fruit is not the most important end. Stick with me. Uh, that's what we see, but that's, that's not where the magic happens. The most important end of the branch is the one that's connected to the vine. If that connection is severed, there will be absolutely no hope of producing fruit on the other end of the vine. So, so although this passage seems to be all about branches bearing fruit, and, and it is, it's really even more about branches remaining connected to the vine. It's all about disciples staying connected to Jesus. Uh, that's why uh, these first two questions that I, that I brought up at the beginning uh, are really connection questions. Have I met with God today and am I trusting and obeying God in everything? I guess we could, to use the vernacular of this passage in John 15, am I remaining in Jesus? Am I connected to the source? He is the vine and we are the branches. I mean, it's as simple as, as looking at a branch that's, that's, uh, that's connected compared to a branch that's not connected. Uh, no doubt over the winter you've lost some, some branches from the trees in your yard, if you have a yard and if you have trees. Uh, and, and so usually the first pass in the spring, which again might be here by June 1st, uh, the first pass of the, the mower in the spring usually is preceded by walking through the yard and picking up all the dead branches, right? And there's a whole big difference between that branch that fell down and you had to pick up and the live ones where, where there's, uh, there's leaves coming on. And there's, there's huge difference because the the, the dead branches are not connected any longer. There's absolutely no hope of the, those, those sticks that you pick up. None of them will produce any fruit. It's not going to happen because they are no longer connected to the life of the vine. Jesus says it this way, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's the life coursing through the vine that makes all the difference. And there is life coursing through Jesus. And the only way to develop godly fruit, to develop, as, as he calls it, fruit that will last, is to remain connected to him and to let his life 
flow through you. The abundant life, the life that we're developing. We live to love people to life. That life comes only in Jesus. And, and I want you to notice that it's a promise. It's a guarantee. If you remain, you will produce fruit. Being truly connected to Jesus always produces fruit. Uh, one theologian put it this way, a disciple shouldn't see fruit bearing as a chore or a burden, but as a glorious, unavoidable result of remaining. As we remain connected to Jesus, we will bear fruit. So, it's really, uh, this, this life, this abundant life that we desire is really pretty simple. We boil it down to, to really one thing, remain. Stay connected to Jesus and you'll bear fruit. Godly character will be formed in your life. Other people will come to God through you. Uh, you, you, you will, you'll be connected to God in, in prayer and so many more things. That's life with God because he, Jesus is the true life-giving vine. Real life doesn't come from walking through the motions of a pseudo-spiritual experience and hoping for the best. Real life doesn't even come from, from trying real hard and, and being real good and doing good things for, for God and for other people and then asking for God's blessing. That, that's, that's not the secret either. Uh, real life, abundant life, more and better life than we could ever dream of comes from remaining connected to Jesus and growing in Him. Like, like I said a little bit ago, this is about relationship. This, this is, uh, cultivating our relationship with Jesus. So, so, uh, so the questions like, have I met with God today and am I trusting and obeying God and everything, those questions help us evaluate if, if we're doing our part in remaining in developing the relationship. We spent an entire month in January uh, talking about, uh, uh, I was preaching about the spiritual discipline, some of the practical things that we can do to, uh, to develop our relationship with God. And, and uh, we talked about a whole lot of things, but primarily the, 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 the two that we talked about as, as key and as vital and that everyone needs to be doing uh, on a regular basis is, uh, is, is spending concentrated time in prayer and in, in the Bible, in reading God's Word. And those are the primary ways that we develop our relationship with God. We cannot stay connected to God if we are ignoring time spent with Him and time spent with, with the Bible. I, I wanted to, uh, to, to cover these, these first two questions on this list together because I think they hinge on each other. It, it's not just about reading a verse or two and, and grabbing a quick blessing from Jesus. Have I spent time with God today? Yeah, I, Spent 90 seconds, I read the version verse of the day, and uh, as God blessed me today, and then I'm on. It's, it's more than that. Remaining, like, like growing a garden, takes time. And, and trusting and obeying are key components there. Uh, once, you, once you read, once you hear from God, once you, once you spend time with Him and with His Word, are you trusting Him and doing what He is asking? When you, when you feel convicted of sin, are you confessing it or are you just pushing it aside and moving on? Uh, uh making excuses about it. Uh, when you sense his direction to, to go in a certain way or to say a certain thing or to, to not say a certain thing or, or to, uh, to, 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 uh, mend a broken relationship or whatever, uh, when you're sensing his direction, are you stepping out in faith and, and, and doing what he says? Trust and obedience are, are key components to developing that relationship. Uh, and so I, I'd encourage you that John chapter 15 goes on. We only read the first eight verses. I'd encourage you to read the rest of that passage at some point, maybe today. And uh, if you do, you'll see just a couple of verses down in verse 10, you'll see that remaining in relationship with him, with Jesus, requires uh, keeping his commands. 
In verse 14, it says that, that, that Jesus calls us his friends if we do what he commands. So remaining connected to Jesus, keeping that connection with the, with the vine, uh, open and, and, and vibrant and, and ready to receive from him, it means that we'll do, we'll be obeying what he says. I believe, uh, several years ago, uh, if my memory serves, I believe it was Francis Chan. Maybe you've read some of his stuff or seen Bible studies or different things that he's done. Uh, but, uh, he used the analogy of, of a, of a parent telling their, their, uh, their teenage son to clean his room. I mean, Son, clean, uh, I'd like you to clean your room today. And, uh, and then the son comes back uh, a little bit later and says, Hey, Dad, I, I memorized what you told me about cleaning my room today. <laughs> to which the dad would respond, Great, son. Have you cleaned your room today? <laughs> and then the, the, the kid might come back a little bit later and say, Dad, I, I, I learned how to say clean your room in Hebrew and Greek. To which the dad might say, great son, what about the room? Have you, have you cleaned the room? <laughs> uh, maybe later the, the son would say, hey dad, I'm, I'm meeting with some friends down at Starbucks and, uh, and we are going to spend some time talking and sharing about what you probably meant when you told me to clean my room. To which the dad would say, oh, that's awesome, that's great, I'm glad you want to drill down on that. <laughs> Did you do what I said? Did you obey? Did you, did you trust that I had your best interest at heart and so you obeyed what I asked you to do? Obedience to the word of God is a key component to remaining connected to Jesus. Of course, studying and, and, and worshiping and, and participating in spiritual disciplines are, are all great tools to help us stay connected to Jesus, but ultimately we have to do what he says. A healthy branch is fully and completely submitted to the will of the vine. Uh, letting nutrients flow through and produce fruit. Resistance cuts off the flow and so stops fruit production. No branch has ever produced fruit on its own. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. So, so we have to stay connected to him. We, we have to spend time with him every day, multiple times a day, over and over again. We have to trust him and we have to do what he says. Have I met with God today? Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Those are, um, look like simple questions, and I'm not sure that they are. And I'm not sure that you are going to, I, you will not experience the abundant life with God that he so desperately wants for you as his child if you are not spending time with him and if you are not trusting him, and if you are not obeying what he wants you to do. It could be, it could be that the Holy Spirit may have used something that was said or done here this morning to start to do, do a little something down in here in your heart today. I think there just might be some connections with Jesus that maybe are strained or broken or, or at least need some mending. Uh, it's, it's a big reason why we, we come into a place like this uh, week in and week out. It's not just that we're digging holes and filling them in, but we have a purpose, and the huge purpose is to build that connection with Jesus. I want you to uh, take just a minute to pray a simple prayer, just one sentence, and then we're going to see 
what God wants to do with that in your life. Not going to uh, embarrass anyone. This isn't a bait and switch where, where we, uh, we, we tell you you do one thing and then we say, oh, well, everybody now come on and let's proclaim to the root. We're not going to do that. This is going to be a personal time, each of us individually. Uh, but I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand at any point. Uh, this is between you and Jesus. And I want you to pray this prayer. God, what do I need to do to connect with you more? God, what do I need to do to connect with you more? It might mean that, that you need to confess or repent of something. It, it might mean that, that you need to reconcile a relationship. It might mean that, that, that you need to uh, commit to a daily, the daily discipline of prayer or, or, or reading scripture, make a plan for that. And, and so you need to go from, th- from this place to, 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 to do that before another week starts and it gets pushed to the side. I, I'm assuming for most of us, the answer or answers to that question have come rather quickly. God, what do we need to do to connect with you more? Asking the question is the first part, being willing to obey what you sense across your soul is usually a little bit more difficult. And so, God, we, we ask for your intervention in our lives, and we pray that as we, as we live our lives today, that you will give us the strength and the courage and the opportunity to obey what you're saying to us. I pray that you would help us to to constantly ask that question as we spend time with you every day. Uh, What do I need to do? How can I connect with you more? Lord, I pray that you'll help us to do all that we can to keep that connection open and vibrant and alive. Because we know we can't produce fruit. This is godly fruit. This is eternal fruit. This is fruit that will last. Uh, We can't produce that kind of fruit, but only you in us. So, dear God, as a church, corporately and, and individually, each person here, maybe even logged in online, Lord, I, we, just, we just give ourselves to you. We want you to not only change us, but then to use us to help other people connect with you too. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for the joy that we can have, the life that we can, we can live because of you. We, we thank you for the, the, the abundance that we can experience. And Lord, I pray that as we go from here, as we pray most weeks, that we can experience your blessings. And as we, as we go from here, that we can represent you well in the world where we live. Uh, even more than that today, Lord, I pray that you will enable us, empower us, uh, give us the courage uh, to, to obey what we're hearing you say. Lord, we love you. Thank you that you love us so much more than we could ever possibly know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.